Welcome to the weekly sermons and studies podcast at First Baptist. Today's speaker is our senior pastor, Dr. Jeff Reynolds. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father, we're so thankful for your love, your unending, unconditional, relentless love. There's nothing that we have done to earn it, nothing that we could do to deserve it. And yet, Lord, you have given it freely to all of us. You have so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son so that by faith in Jesus Christ, we might be forgiven of all of our sin and brought home into an eternal relationship with you. And Lord, we know that you stand with your arms open, ready to receive anyone who will come to you in repentance and faith. And so, Lord, now, as we turn to your word within the context of your amazing and all-surpassing love, we pray for those of us who are in Christ that we would be drawn nearer to you or transform us by the renewing of our minds that we might become more like Jesus. And Lord, for those who are participating in this service right now who have yet to place their faith in Jesus, we pray, Lord, that through your word and by your spirit, you would lift Jesus up before them so that today they would come to you. They would respond to your love to your grace and to your mercy by repenting of their sin and turning away from the life they've been living to turn toward you, that they might have everlasting hope and peace and joy. And so, Lord, we pray that through your word and by your spirit that you would do work of eternal consequence this day. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Every Sunday morning when we're driving to church, uh, we, we, we listen to a particular CD, and we've been doing that for years, uh, thanks to Sandra Webb, who is so kind to keep me in the newest Casting Crowns CD. Some of you all know Casting Crowns. They performed at Skypack. Uh, in fact, when, uh, when they performed in 2015 at Skypack during intermission, Brad Sign, who was then the chair of the pastor search team, caught me outside trying to call and check on a babysitter. And I got to meet a representative of First Baptist Church that day. Who knew that a few years later we'd be here? But anyway, there's one particular song on the CD that we're listening to now that always stirs me every time. And it's usually the first one up as we're leaving the house. And it's, it's entitled Desert Road. And it goes like this. It says, I don't want to write this song. I don't want this pain to be my story. I don't want this desert road Are you sure this is the plan that you have for me? Out here in the dust and clay, God, if there's a bigger picture, it's getting hard to see today. But I know that you won't leave me. I don't know where this is going, but I know who holds my hand. It's not the path I would have chosen, but I'll follow you till the end. Lord, as long as I'm breathing, I will make your glory known, even if it means I'm walking on this desert road. You got to understand, one of the things about my job is that I walk with people on desert roads every week. When you're a preacher, you celebrate the highest of the highs, and you, you walk through the lowest of the lows. And these last several years have been particularly difficult on everybody. We had the worldwide pandemic. That was remarkably difficult, but Life didn't stop in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, and if you've noticed, it hasn't stopped as we've come out of the worldwide pandemic. And now we're talking about things again like, oh, I don't know, influenza 
and strep throat and mystery viruses that are causing a common cold and a cough to linger. But not only that, we're still dealing with diagnoses, heart issues and circulation issues and lung issues and cancer issues. And we're dealing with relationship issues. We're dealing with life issues. And the thing about it is, the longer we all live, the more we recognize this is normal. But it's not right, is it? There's something in us that cries out, yes, we're getting used to this, but we hate it, and it can't be what God designed for us. I don't want to walk this desert road. And so we're confronted once again with the reality that we live in a sin-fallen world. That yes, in the Garden of Eden, everything was wonderful, but we sinned, and everything became not so wonderful. Death was ushered into the human story, a part of the narrative God didn't intend until we turned away from Him, and that's the consequence of sinning against God. The wages of sin is death. And so we have to deal with realities that we'd rather not face. We have to walk roads that we would rather not walk, and sometimes the divergence between a godly way of living and an ungodly way of living is clarified before us. Have you turned on the news in the last week? The worldview divide of those who would trust and follow Jesus and those who have no concept of who Almighty God is seems to be deepening. And so we look to the Lord and we say, you know, I don't always want to walk this road. And this pain, I don't want this to be my story. And you know what's interesting is, is every Sunday when we drive out and we pull out and we're listening to that song, I'm thinking of somebody, somebody who's walking a desert road right now, some of you, and sometimes me. And I'm reminded of why on a Sunday morning when it's chilly outside, we come together. Why we go to the trouble of joining together in person and virtually to look together to Jesus. And the reason is this. In Jesus Christ, we have strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. In Jesus Christ, we have the gift of Almighty God who loved us and gave His Son for us so that we might have hope that transcends this moment. We have the reality that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, and if He's gone to prepare a place for us, then one day He will return to retrieve us to take us to be with Him so that where He is there, we may be also. We have hope that one day Christ will return, and He will return to gather His people and to judge the world. And for those of us who trust and follow Jesus, we recognize that we have surrendered ourselves to Jesus. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. So all of our sin was placed on Him and crucified at Calvary. So there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And I can look hopefully toward my reunion in present with Christ because it's going to go well for me. Did you know that if you're in Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of death? And you don't have to be afraid of His return. No, you can join with the Apostle John and say, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Usher in the new heavens and the new earth. Make everything the way it was supposed to be in the first place.
And so if you're in Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you've repented of your sin and received Christ as Lord, you don't have anything to be afraid of when it comes to dying or Christ's return or facing judgment because your sin has already been judged by God on Christ at Calvary. And if you're in Christ, you've been adopted by God's grace into his family. He looks at you as his blessed child. You belong to him. You're in his hand. He will never let you go. If you're not in Christ, you ought to be scared to death of Christ's return or death or judgment because you will pay the price for your own sin. And regardless of whether or not you agree that what God has said is sin, he's the judge, he sets the standard, and we will be judged according to his standard. So you have an opportunity. You can maintain your innocence and go to the day of judgment and hope the chips fall well for you, but God's already told us that's not going to be the case. Or you can admit your guilt to Almighty God right now. Lord, I've sinned. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. And you can receive Jesus Christ as your one and only Savior. You can let him make you clean. You can let him separate your sin from you as far as the east is from the west, that your sin will never be held against you again. And that you can be assured of everlasting life in Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? Because of that hope, we have strength for today. And because of that hope, we have bright hope for tomorrow for all of us who trust and follow Jesus. And so we live differently. We live lives that are different. We're getting ready to come to the end of James. Can you believe it? After all this time, we've got only two sermons left, this one and next week, and then it's Advent. Crazy. But we are getting ready to come to the end of James, and we are going to really get the bottom line that he's been teaching us this whole time. And that is this. If you're in Christ, that changes everything about your future. And because it changes everything about your future, it ought to change everything about your present. Because it changes everything about your future, it ought to change everything about your present. I want to invite you to turn with me to James chapter 5. Today we're going to look at verses 7 through 12. If you're in the Red Pew Bible here in the room, you're on page 1013. But I want to give us this theme today. By faith, we endure patiently. By faith, we endure patiently. James is the brother of Jesus, and he writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit, saying this, James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Our first point today is this. By faith, we wait patiently for Christ's return. By faith, we wait patiently for Christ's return. You can look into Scripture and you can see passages like this, particularly in 1 Thessalonians, but scattered all throughout the New Testament where God, through these human writers, is saying, wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. Wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. Wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. Today, in our reading, in the, in the Old Testament reading, the Psalms, we were confronted with this idea of yearning 
for God's rescue and vindication of his people. Did you know that God's people have been yearning for his vindication, his rescue in our lives for all of human history? God, please intervene, because life in a sin-fallen world gets pretty rough sometimes, and I don't want to walk this road, and I'm not real sure this is the plan that you have for me. I don't want to travel this desert road. However, I'll trust you. God's people have cried out, and so James says, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. You say, well, it's been 2,000 years. He hasn't returned yet. But remember, Peter would tell us that with the Lord, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years, and he is not slow in fulfilling his promise. Do you know why Jesus hasn't come back yet? Compassion. Compassion. Not wishing that any should perish, because when Christ returns, when that trumpet sounds and Christ returns in that eastern sky, the day of mercy is over for those who are outside of Christ, and the day of judgment has come. It's just like when God shut the ark door. Presumably anybody could have gotten on Noah's ark, but they didn't want to. They thought Noah was an idiot. They preferred to go their own way. But then the day came when the rain started and the springs of the earth burst forth, and what happened? God put Noah and his family in the ark, and what did he do? He shut the door. And I can promise you that there were people who wanted in at that point. But the problem was the day of mercy had come to an end and the day of judgment had come. And it didn't matter once the day of judgment had set in how badly you wanted mercy because the deadline had fallen. When Christ returns, the deadline will have fallen. Until then, his arms are open to receive anyone who will come to him in repentance and faith. But you wonder, why hasn't he come yet? And some of you may scoff. You may say, well, it's been 2,000 years and I haven't seen him anywhere. What you're scoffing at is his patience toward you. He doesn't want you to perish. He takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But he wants everyone to come to life in Christ. But one day he will come. For those of us who are in Jesus, Paul writes to Titus, listen, he says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Listen to this, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. If you're in Christ, Paul writes to Titus that we are waiting for what he calls our blessed hope, which is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the blessed hope that we have, that one day Christ will return and all will be made well. It'll be okay. It really will. So it doesn't feel okay now. Well, there's a reason. It's not okay now. It's not. We still have to deal with struggle and hardship and diagnosis and sickness and addiction and relational struggles and and all the things. That's evidence of living in a sin-fallen world, but the day is coming when when Christ will return and there will be a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells and all will be well. We'll have resurrection bodies that are impervious to sin or sickness. Disease, death, or pain, all will be well. 
We have this hope. So what do we do? We wait patiently for it. James writes, wait patiently for it. But you're going to have to endure. Incidentally, if you're a believer, if you're a non-believer, you ought to be scared to death about Christ's return. But if you're in Christ and you struggle with fear with the Lord's coming, I would just invite you, turn to 1 John, pray, ask God to wonder why the lights are all going out. (laughs) And we do wonder why the lights are all going out, but I'm just going to keep on talking because you can hear me. But ask God to strengthen you and encourage you and bolster your faith. Read His Word and read about the blessed hope that we have in Jesus. So let me pause for a second and say, the only other time I've been preaching on a Sunday morning when all the lights went out was at First Baptist Church of Franklin, Kentucky. And we were ordaining a deacon that day. His name was Ray. And Ray was all about serving the church and being a deacon. But what Ray did not want to do was to get up in front of the congregation and share his testimony. Well, on that day, all the power went out, but we kept going. And so Ray didn't have a microphone or any lights, and he shared his testimony, and the people in the first two rows loved it. But Ray was thankful. So he didn't even know he had been praying for everything to go out like that, but he just kept pressing forward. We'll do the same today. Amen? All right. So our first point, we wait patiently. Hey, here's a sermon illustration. (laughs) Jesus said he would come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. Some of y'all are going to think we planned this now. We have not. (laughs) Can unexpected things happen? So what's the best thing to do when unexpected things can happen? Make sure you're squared away so that when the unexpected happens, it's all good for you. Trust and follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All right, let's look ahead. James chapter 5, beginning with verse 9. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Our second point, by faith we remain steadfast in Christ. And here's the bottom line here, okay? We're going to have to run our race with perseverance. There are going to be days when we don't feel like moving forward. There are going to be days when we feel like we're just spent and we can't do this. But Jesus takes us by the hand. He already has us anyway. And he says, look at me and take another step. When you start to become distracted and your eyes start to wander off to the side at all the struggles you're facing, all the issues that our world presents to us, look at me and take another step. It's it's the kind of steadfastness that would compel the Apostle Paul while he's chained to a member of the Roman Imperial Guard writing to the church at Philippi to say, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Long as I'm alive in this body, I will proclaim Jesus. And the moment that my life on this earth comes to an end, I'm going to go home to be with my Savior. Therefore, I can endure. I can continue to fight the good fight. I can continue to run the race. I can continue to keep the faith. Why? Because he who's got a hold of me is faithful, 
and he will be faithful unto my death and unto my everlasting life. I will remain steadfast, immovable. In 1 Corinthians 15, when the Apostle Paul details what it will look like when Christ returns and, and the bodies of believers are raised and, and we are raised imperishable, he says, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with the blessed hope that is ours in Jesus. Live like those who have hope beyond this moment. And then he's going to give us one way that we can do that. Verse 12, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Our third and final point, by faith we speak truthfully. James is quoting his brother here. Jesus had talked about this in the Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 5. But I'll tell you, this lesson was really drilled into me when I was in college. My head football coach, who was one of the strongest Christians I've ever known, and I thank God for that because I was with him several hours a day, every single day. But he had a rule for our team. Well, he had several, but one of them was this. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't be deceptive. Be straightforward. Be honest. Even if what you have to deliver is not what I want to hear, I want to hear the truth. Your teammates deserve the truth. You are to be a person of integrity, of deep moral character. And one of the ways that that expresses itself is you let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that? Have you ever noticed that people who have to say all the time, well, I swear to God. Why in the world do you have to swear sometimes and not others? When are you lying and when are you not? Don't be that kind of person. Just let the strength and hope that you have in Jesus compel you to tell the truth, to speak truthfully, to live with character. And so at the bottom of your notes, I've reminded us of James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. The people to whom James was writing were hurting. They were tired, they were weary, they were, they were sick of seeing the wicked prosper, and they were worn out. James said, be patient, endure faithfully, remain steadfast. Your salvation is coming because the one who sent his son for you is the one who's got his hand on you and the one who will not let you go. He will see you through until the end, and you will find that the end is only a new beginning unto everlasting life and hope that can never be taken away from you. So endure, persevere, fix your eyes on Jesus, take another step, even when it feels like you can't take another step because you're looking to Jesus, you're running with perseverance. He will complete the good work that he has begun in you, for he is faithful all the time forevermore. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time. We'd love to connect with you. Just email connect at firstbaptistbg.org or call 270-842-0331.